Fantastic. Well, guys, as uh, Pastor John said, we are in the series of Giant Slayers, and I'm so excited to be preaching on this. I love preaching about purpose and destiny. And, you know, tonight I want to begin with a scripture. It's in, I, I love this scripture. I preach about it many times. It's in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, and it simply says this, and this is God speaking to Jeremiah. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Everyone say, set you apart and appointed you. Everyone say, appointed you as my prophet to the nation. See, this is an amazing scripture. This was Jeremiah who went on to become one of the greatest prophets of all time. And, you know, there's a whole book in the Bible about him. It was very influential. But what I love about this scripture is we see that when God was forming him in his mother's womb, you know, and it's the same for you and I, that God put a purpose on the inside of him. And I need you to know here tonight that you did not come to this earth empty-handed. Okay, obviously we didn't come with clothes, you know, we didn't come with possessions, you know, but I'm telling you, every single one of us in this room, you know, when we entered this earth, we didn't come empty-handed, but we came with a purpose that God had placed on the inside of us to do great and mighty things for Him. And I really believe tonight that God is going to stir up this purpose on the inside of people, this destiny. It's like a seed that has been in our life from the moment we were born. And I love about this purpose. You know, for Jeremiah, he said, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. But you know what? The thing about your purpose and my purpose, it's different for every single one of us. And it's for our giftings and our talents and how God has made you and I. And you know, we will never be more fulfilled or happy in our life than when we are living out the purpose that our Creator created us to do. And that's what we're preaching in tonight. And you know, Pastor John shared this last week. I, I love it. That our purpose... It's not just for in the house of God, okay? We all do have a purpose in the house of God, but it's also for outside the house of God. And, you know, where all of our purposes do link is, you know, Jesus said this thing called the Great Commission. And basically it was to all believers, so everyone who believes in me. And it was this thing to go and preach the gospel, to preach about Jesus and to make disciples. See, God does that through the local church. And so all of us have a, have a, a part to play in the house of God. We are all called, and that's where our purposes all align in some way or another, is that it's linked into the house of God. But we also have a calling outside the house of God. You know, I know there's people here with a dream to be professional athletes, to be politicians, to be a great teacher. There's many things. But what I want us to know here tonight is not one or the other, but we have a purpose from God for both. And it's big. Come on, it's big. Our, our theme is giant slayers. It's bigger and greater than we could even imagine right now. Your greatest imagination about your future, it's too small. It's, it's bigger. And we are called to be giant slayers. We are called to have a big future with a big calling. And I love, you know, this series because it's all about God preparing us for this destiny. See, we are all on the journey. You know, our, I've, I love this saying that our purpose isn't a destination. So it's not like I spent all of my life trying to get to my purpose, and then one day it says, oh, I'm in my purpose now. It doesn't work like that. Our purpose is a journey. And you and I are on a journey where God is preparing us for the next step in our calling and our purpose with Him. And as I begin this message, just one last thing. 
I just want everyone in this place to know it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you feel like, you know, I'm too young or I'm, I'm too old or maybe it's my past disqualifies me from my purpose or, you know, whatever it is. I need, you know, I want to start our message going, no, that's not true. Everyone in this room has a purpose and it's for right now. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. It's exciting. And I got our two keys I'd love to share here tonight. But we've been learning about David's journey. See, David was the ultimate giant slayer because he literally slayed a giant called Goliath. And uh, we've been learning about his life. And I actually want to pick up the story um, where we left it last uh, Sunday night. So the Philistines and the Israelites were at war. And basically what happened was the, the armies would meet every day and there's this big, horrible giant called Goliath. Now, I'm sure a lot of us have heard about this man called Goliath. He was nine feet tall. Okay, just imagine like the rock, like, you know what I mean? Like so muscly, so intimidating. He had tattoos everywhere. He was like, you know, as high as me right now, you know, or even taller because I'm pretty short if his feet were on the ground. He was massive. He was intimidating. You know, he was a warrior born and bred from his youth, the Bible says. And every day they had this deal. He said he would taunt the Israelite army and he would say, if you will send someone to fight me in a battle, so one-on-one, if you would do that, if you win our entire army, the Philistine army, we will submit to you, surrender, and we will be your slaves. Or if I win, you guys have to surrender and submit our slaves. But the Bible says this, the entire Israelite army. Now you have to think about these guys were born and bred warriors. They were the bravest of the brave, the strongest of the strong. The Bible says they were frozen in fear and in intimidation. They were, they, they, there was no one who was going, yep, I'll go fight this crazy uh, giant. For 40 days and 40 nights, who knows that's a long time. Every day Goliath would come out and taunt them. For the 40 days, Israelite was fr- the Israelites were frozen. But then we pick up in this. So um, David had been sent to bring food. So David wasn't even part of the army. You know, he was, he was you know, basically not even a consideration. He wasn't a warrior. And, and his father, Jesse, sent him to bring food to his big brothers. I'm going to get up 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. So David asked the soldiers standing nearby, this is when he arrived, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Check this. I love this. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? I love that because David, we see straight away, he carried a spirit of faith. He basically came basically saying, like, what are you guys doing? Why is there nobody here who has gone to face this giant? Because you know what? David didn't see the bigness of Goliath, but David saw the bigness of his God who was on their side. He carried faith. He had faith. And, you know, that news got to Saul, who was the leader. Saul had been hiding away, waiting for someone like this, right? So we're going to read this story from 1 Samuel 17, 32, please, guys, if that's okay. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Come on. Next, next verse. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Talk about believing in someone. Like, come on. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. Next verse. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. See, he wasn't a warrior. He was literally a shepherd who looked after his father's sheep. Check this out. When a lion... Or a bear. Come on, everyone say lion. Bear. 
they're pretty wild animals, right? You wouldn't want to fight one of them. When a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, next verse, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. Next verse. I've done this to both. This is the best verse ever. You ready? To both lions and bears, and I will do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Oh, how good is that? Come on. And next verse. So finally, Saul's like, all right. Um, next verse. Sorry. It's all right. It's coming up. I can read it. Uh, so Saul says, all right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. See, David was at the crossroads of his destiny. He was in a, you know, he didn't know it at the time, but him about to face Goliath was a milestone key moment in his purpose that God had created him for. But you know, what we see, um, a key insight into this is that he had faced battles before. He had faced lions head on. He had faced bears head on. Now, they didn't have guns back then. I'm talking like a one-on-one in a UFC ring against a lion. Like, you know what I mean? Against a bear, bare hands with a club. And, you know, he had fought lions and he had overcome that lion. He had fought bears and he had overcome that bear. And this is the key is he had seen God rescue him from the battle he had with the lion. He had seen the Lord rescue him when he had a battle with the bear. And he saw that his past battles, he had a faith on him that he says, you know what? The same God that saved me from my past battles is going to save me from this current one. How cool is that? See, we read basically from this story that David was an overcomer. Everyone say overcomer. My first point tonight is a giant slayer is an overcomer, an overcomer. And you know what? In my, my journey, you know, I, I, I could go into many stories, you know, about different times in my life where, you know, I've come against, up against a battle. And, you know, for time's sake right now, I can't go through, you know, all of them. But I just, you know, remember particularly there was one in the last about 18 months that, you know, I, I went through. And basically, you know, for time's sake, I'm, I can't go into all the details, but at the end of the day, I was coming up against, you know, an assignment of the enemy against my life. It was, you know, I was basically really struggling with anxiety, uh, with stress. I was living under my circumstances. Um, I was having, I was waking up in the middle of the night having what's called nocturnal panic attacks, uh, if the doctors can diagnose what was happening. But basically waking up in the middle of the night, um, you know, literally having an anxiety attack where my, my heart is absolutely you know, going crazy. My chest was, you know, convulsing. I'll share the full story another time. But basically, I came to Enroads. I was trying to, like, what is this thing? Is, you know, I, I, you know, I was going to professionals who said, you're burning out. And I'm like, I'm 22 or three years old. Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, another person would say, you know, you're having this or you're trying to do that. But I actually just came to a point in my life where I worked out, you know what? The overwhelming fruit of this thing that I'm facing is that I want to give up doing my calling and my purpose, what I know God wants me to do. You know, the overwhelming thing, and maybe you can relate to this, is I want to give up. But you know what? Suddenly the light switched on. 
And then I went, wait a minute, you know, I'm not having a health problem here. There is actually an assignment of the enemy coming against my life, trying to take me out from my calling and my destiny. And finally, the light switched on for me. And then I went, okay, well, now instead of going to doctors and doing all this, I know how to face this thing head on. And just like David did, you know, and you and I, when we have battles come against us, things come against us, we need to face it head on and go against that thing. And let me tell you, I'm now about six months from being set free from this thing. And I I look back and I I know without a doubt in my heart that this battle, you know, what I faced and what I overcame with Jesus, it has set me up and launched me for a new day in my purpose. It's like amazing. You know, I came out of the battle with what I thought was going to kill me. I came out closer to Jesus. You know, what I thought was going to take me out I came out of the fire and the flames. I came out stronger with my relationship with God. I trust Him so much more now. And now I'm ready for my next giant. And that is, for you and I, the exact same thing. See, for David, it was the battles that he had overcome that enabled him and empowered him to face Goliath. And, you know, for you, maybe the battle that is coming against you right now, maybe the battle you are facing is actually the doorway into your destiny. What the enemy intends for evil in your life and in my life, God always turns around for good. Always turns around for good. And I'm telling you, I I know that in our life that things will come against us, that God will never allow a storm or a battle that you and I will face that He has not given us the power to overcome. We can always overcome. And that is, you know, the, the Scripture after Scripture. But it all comes down to this, that when Jesus died on that cross. He defeated our enemy for you and I. And every time we come against an enemy, any time you and I come against a lion or a bear, we have to understand that the battle has already been won on the cross. And you and I can rise and overcome every single thing that tries to come against you and try to come against me. So much so that this, that the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, the same spirit that overcame death, that overcame sin, that overcame the devil once and for every single demonic spirit. That same spirit is on the inside of us. And so you and I need to rise up sometimes and realize that we have the spirit of an overcomer on the inside of us. And it's ready to face lions and it's ready to face bears. And ultimately it's ready to take down Goliath because Jesus is on our side. So can I just prophesy over anyone here who's facing a battle? Right now you're in the middle of a storm. This will pass. This will pass in Jesus' name. You will overcome. Jesus will silence every storm. He will destroy your enemy. Just keep rocking up. Stay planted in the house of God. You have what it takes. Press into God and you will overcome in Jesus' name. Why don't we give God a hand for that? I believe it. And you will find, you know, we'll look back on our life and the battles that we thought, as I said, We're meant to destroy us. We'll look back and we'll go, wait a minute. That was actually the key for me. It prepared me for my destiny. And, you know, I just want us a clear application for that. Let's make a decision tonight. You know, whatever it takes. You know, we're talking about being prepared for our destiny. Whatever it takes. You know, whatever the cost is, no matter how hard it may get. 
No matter what battle comes against I, what lion comes against me, what, what uh, bear comes against me, let's just make a decision tonight that I will never give up because that is what God is looking for. He's looking for an overcomer, you know, who will always overcome the enemy. And as David overcame it, it took him to a place where he was ready for his destiny. Amen? Amen. And my second point tonight is this. Are we doing all right? We're doing well. This is awesome. Preparing us for our destiny. Number two is actually submission. Everyone say submission. A giant slayer is submitted. See, before David, there was a king over all of Israel called Saul. And he was called by God to be the king. He had a destiny. He had a purpose. And he was called to be a king of the Lord's people. But there was a moment where God actually rejected him as king and chose David over him. And I want to look into that today because I don't want you and I to miss our destiny like Saul did. See, Saul missed his destiny. Out of insecurity, he, sub- he didn't submit to God or the person that God placed over him. And you know what? There's a story in the Bible. I'm not going to go uh, into it in details, but basically the moment was this. God specifically through Samuel, a prophet, told Saul, go and destroy these people. They were called, I don't even know how to, it's like the Amalekites, Amalekites. Go and destroy them. So basically they were opposing God's people. And I want you to destroy every single living thing, okay? And long story short is Saul went and out of insecurity, he didn't submit to what God had asked him to do because he was afraid of what people might think. And basically he let the king live and he let his soldiers plunder and steal um, from the people where God had clearly told him not to. And it says this in 1 Samuel 15, 22. Just really quickly, if we can get that up. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of lamb. So basically saying submission is the issue here, Saul. And then it goes on to say, so because you have rejected what God has asked you to do, he has rejected you today as king. See, submission to God and submission to who God had put over Saul, his lack of submission out of his insecurity actually robbed him of his destiny. But David actually had to submit. He submitted his calling. He submitted his life and his destiny to God and to those who people he had put over him. Now, quickly, Dave, I'm going to get you up. I'm going to reenact a story. Can we give Dave a hand? He knows what to do. Yeah, thank you. He's a, he's a backside model today, not the front. Um, that's not why I picked. Oh, don't show too much. Anyway, all right. So after years, okay, <laughs> Saul had recognized that David was called to be king. And, and basically Saul got incredibly crazy and jealous after David. And, and David was serving Saul, but one day Saul just went crazy. And he decided, I'm going to kill David because God has left me. And he has chosen him as king. And long story short is he chased David. Uh, David left his nice life of living in the palace as you know, number two to the king to literally running for his life for a long period of time. You know, living in caves, running with a group of men, you know, getting uh, spears thrown at him, all these crazy things. But there came this day where, you know, David knew he was called to be king, but he also knew he was called under Saul. And one day, David was actually hiding in a cave with his men because Saul's army had camped around him and and Saul was chasing him like crazy. And, And what the Bible says is Saul literally came to the entrance of the cave that David was in to relieve himself, okay? So basically, I think that means, I don't even know, but I'm thinking it means he needed to go to the bathroom. I won't ask you to reenact, David. I know you want to. He asked me and I said no. Anyway, so... 
Um, so, so Saul's relieving himself at the front of the cave. Now David sees this and, and his men are saying, David, this is the moment. God has given you a moment to kill Saul, who is what's holding you back. He, number one, he is chasing you and trying to kill you. But number two, he is what's standing in the way between you and what God has called you to be the king. And David has this moment as everyone, his men, his best friends, are saying, do it, do it, kill him, kill him. And you know what David did? He came up to Saul as he was doing his business and, and he didn't even know. But you know what? He had a knife in his hand. He could have killed him. You know what he did? He actually cut a little bit off his garment and he came back and he kept it. And we read this, if you can get the scripture up in 1 Samuel 24 verse 6. Awesome. He said this to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord and my king. Look at the honor and respect he was showing the le- his leader, even though his leader was trying to kill him. Whoa, I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one. See, he recognized God has put this person as my leader, and I am called you know, to be under this man. The Lord's done that. And so for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men. So not only did he not have to kill this man who was ruining his life, he had to restrain his men. And you know what? After that, he showed Saul and said, I could have killed you. And David, I'm Mr. Saul, you can go grab your seat. Let's give David a great hand. Thank you. See, in that moment, he could have easily killed Saul. He could have easily, you know, um, not waited for God's timing. He could have easily, this was his moment to take out what was holding him back. But you know what? David was submitted to God. And he was submitted to the person the Lord had put over him. And the cave in that moment was actually a test. And this is what submission is for you and I. It's a test of our heart and our motive. You know, in my purpose, in my destiny, am I here to serve me or am I here to serve God? Do I want my name to become famous? And am I going to get anyone out of my way so I can become the guy? Or am I going to do it, submit to God and trust that he will put me in the right place? And um, I've got a photo I want to put up here. Talking about memory lane today, if we can get this photo. It's actually, oh, that's the wrong one, sorry. That's my beautiful wife at the, the age of um, 10. Anyway, it's a photo coming up of me and Pastor Josh. Oh, look at those handsome men. So I was 17 years old. I obviously probably weighed about 40 kilos by the look of it. And there's Pastor Josh before the beard. I think Josh was about 22, 23. And, and you know what? At 17 years of age, I felt the sense of destiny on the inside of me. I felt a calling and my purpose begin to bubble up. And you know, Josh can um, attest to this. I was incredibly ambitious. I was going to change the world for Jesus. I was going to preach in you know, every school around the world. You know, I was ambitious. And I remember I got a prophecy from Pastor Teresa saying, Simply this, you know, Dan, the Lord has placed you under Josh because God wants you to submit and serve him. And this is because he wants you to become just like him. And the long story short, I just had this revelation of, okay, okay, I, God has put Pastor Josh over my leadership. And as a 17-year-old, you know, I went on this journey of committing to submit to him. And for the next four years, as he was my youth pastor, I did everything in my power to make him look awesome. You know, my job, I, 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 it was a great motive and God was working in me, but God was actually testing me. Am I willing to be in the cave while Saul is in the highlight? Am I willing to lay my dreams and motives down to actually serve someone that the Lord's put in front of me? And you know what? I, I, I did that to the best of my ability. Did I do a good job, Pastor Josh, for four years? 
And um, you know what? I actually really want to honor Josh. You know, you know, I really believe, you know, he's such a man of character, such a man who just loves the house of God, loves his people, serves his leaders with all his heart. And I believe, Pastor Josh, you've paved the way for an entire generation in this church to rise into their calling. So I just want to honor you. I love you. And you know, for us here tonight, I want to ask that question is, I want us to recognize who has God put, you know, as our leader, as our supervisor. Now, this is both in the house of God. So for me, that was a submission moment in the house. But there's also people outside of the house of God. You know, people like for me, you know, right now I'm a teacher. I have a head of department. Uh, he's an awesome guy. And, and, you know, for me, it's like I've got to submit to him just as much as I submit to Pastor Josh because that's the people the Lord has put over me. And David passed the test of submission. You know, David did the right thing. And you know what? It was actually a moment of um, God testing David's heart. And the Bible goes on to say that he was a man after God's own heart. And, you know, he was promoted to the highest point of leadership for God's people. But you know what? I believe and I wonder if he had taken matter into his own hands and didn't submit, maybe did, would God have put him as the king? Isn't that an amazing thought? Because the reason Saul got taken out was a submission issue. And may, maybe if David had killed him that day, you know, the Lord wouldn't have put him in that, in that place. And so as I finish, I'll get the bang coming up. I have um, some practical, you know, advice for you, or sorry, action for you and I. I want you and I, um, as soon as we can this next week, because what submission looks like at the end of the day, it's serving somebody with all of our heart like we would serve Jesus, making them look awesome, but it's also being what I would call teachable. It's getting feedback. And so I want all of us to right now recognize who our spiritual leader is in the house of God. Maybe that's your group leader, your department leader, you know, just someone you look up to. And I want you to ask them in the next seven days, what do you think my next step is? And I give you full permission to speak into my life. But I also want us to go to our boss, who, you know, who is not in the house of God. And on my first day in Calandra High, I went to my hod and I said, uh, Toby, I want you to know right now that as long as I work under you, I, I give you full permission to give me any feedback you want to give me and I will apply it to my professionalism or my teaching. And you know what? I want us to do that as well tomorrow when you go to work, tomorrow when you go to school or uni. Who has God put as your supervisor? And I want you to ask them, hey, give, can I have some feedback on what I'm doing and apply it to your life? You know what, tonight I believe God's speaking to people. Maybe number one is tonight you are, you're facing a battle and you're just feeling this stirring that I want to be an overcomer. And if that's you, let me encourage you as you continue to be an overcomer and make that decision, I will never give up. The Lord will use your life in such a powerful way. Or maybe tonight God is speaking to us about being submissive, you know, to maybe lay our motives away and just submit to the people God has placed over our life. And I really believe as we, as we apply this to our life, as we live this out, that God is going to use your life and He's going to use my life to do great things and we will fulfill the purpose that we were created with. You know, as I end tonight, I began with a scripture in Jeremiah 1.5 and it said, you know, that first scripture about He knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. And I want you to know here tonight that you were created by God. Every single one of us were created by Him. Before you were even born, he knew you and He loved you. He smiled as He formed you and created. You were born and I was born to be in a relationship with the God who created us. 
And you know what? There was a problem. As you know, every single human being is born. We were born into what we'd call a sinful world. Or basically, you know, the, there was a problem. And the problem is called sin. And if I can put sin simply, if this is living life God's way, what sin is, is having our back turned to God and living life our own way. And every human being, both you and me, were born with this thing called sin. And the Bible says that the consequence of this sin is that it separates us from God. And so in other words, you and I, although we were created to be in a relationship with the the Father, the God who created us, we were actually born cut off from Him. We needed a Savior. And if I can get this last scripture up in Romans 5 verse 8, it says this, But God showed His great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. This word love is called, uh, it's translated, but it's called agape love. That means unconditional love. So the God who created us showed His unconditional love for you and I, that even while our backs were turned to God, even while we were living life our own way, He still sent the Savior you and I needed in Jesus to die on a cross in my place and in your place. And I remember for me, when I, I was away from God, I wasn't, I wasn't in relationship with Him. You know, in the next minute, all I, the best way I can explain it is I just had an emptiness in my heart. It was almost like there was this hole in it. And I spent my life trying to fulfill this thing that I knew was missing on the inside of me. You know, I went to parties as a teenager. And I thought, oh, this will be the thing that will finally make me feel happy and at peace. And, it, and I'd wake up and it didn't. You know, I, I'd try to fill it with relationships. If I can just get you know, to be popular. If I can just, you know, this relationship with this girl, if she could just love me, you know, that's going to fix it. And I wake up, you know, or the next day or whatever, I would still have that, that thing missing on the inside of me. I found myself asking questions like, there has to be more to life than this. And I just remember this feeling of emptiness. And maybe you can relate to that here tonight. There's just something missing is there more to life than what my life is currently doing? And I remember for me, in that place, I was lonely. I felt like I had no one. I was sad. I was depressed. I, I was hopeless. I felt horrible about myself. I looked to the future with such a grim, you know, dark. I just felt there was just no hope. I was purposeless. But let me tell you this. As we finish, when I found Jesus, my life turned around completely. And that thing I'd been searching for all of my life, that thing, this hole, this thing that was missing, this emptiness in one moment when I accepted Jesus, you know, our Savior, as that scripture said, into my life, that, that gap, that hole was immediately filled. I found the peace I'd been looking for, like Joe told us. I found the unconditional love my heart was aching for. I found joy and I found purpose. And now about eight years later let me tell you I'm so full of joy and purpose and my whole life made a 180 degree spin from that one moment as I accepted Jesus into our life so as we close right now can we all just close our eyes in this place I believe Jesus is speaking to people here I believe maybe you're here and you never entered into relationship with Jesus I believe he's calling you and drawing you to himself doesn't matter what you've done It doesn't matter who you are. Jesus is only one step away and he loves you here in this place. He's pursuing you. And the God who created you right now in this moment, he's drawing you to himself saying, I'm one step away here. So there's three kinds of people in this place. And you know, how we get right with Jesus is saying this prayer, inviting him into our heart. 
And so right now, number one, if you've never said this prayer, as I just talked about, you've never accepted Jesus into your life, maybe there's that ache or that emptiness on the inside of you, and tonight you want that to be filled by Him. Let me encourage you, if that's you in a moment, I believe this moment's for you, and I want you to put your hand up in a moment and say, yes, Dan, I want to be included in this prayer, inviting Jesus in my heart, being forgiven of my sins. Maybe number two is you're here and you were once with God, and that was my journey. I was once living for God but at a young age of 15, I turned from him and I needed to come home to him. I needed to, to come back and get right with him. And so if that's you in a moment, I also want you to put your hand up and say, Dan, I want to be included in that prayer. Tonight is your night to come home into his arms. And lastly, maybe you're just not 100% sure in your heart where you're going to spend eternity. Let me tell you this. Every single human being has one thing in common, and that is that our life on this earth is only temporary. We will all face this thing called eternity where we will face the God who created us. And the only way you and I can enter into a relationship with Him and eternity with Jesus is by saying this prayer, inviting Him into our heart and repenting of our sin. So if you're not 100% sure in this place in a moment, I want you to raise your hand and say, Dan, I want to be sure I'm going to heaven and I want to accept Jesus. So guys, right now with every eye closed, I feel God knocking on people's hearts. So if you're one of those three people, if you want to accept Jesus for the first time, if you want to come home to God and, and repent and come back to Him, or if you lastly just want to be sure in your heart you're going to heaven, right now with every eye closed, can you just quickly raise your hand and say, yes, Dan, that's me. Yes, Dan, that's me. If there's anyone here in this place, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come up the front. I just simply do this so I know who I'm saying this prayer with. And if this is you, you'll feel God knocking on your heart. You'll feel Him drawing you to Himself. It's almost like you'll be nervous with butterflies in your stomach. And you know that you know that you know that you need to do this. So I'm going to give this 10 more seconds. Is there anyone in this place who's saying, Dan, I want to say that prayer. I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want that emptiness in my life to be filled. So from the front to the back, if that's you, just quickly raise your hands and say, yes, Dan, that's me. I want to be included in this prayer, inviting Jesus into my heart. Awesome. Awesome. We're good. Amen.